yeah, my axe is constantly on me. Um, even small hikes, take an axe with you. You need to get a hiking stick going, take off some limbs from the tree, um, break up your kindling. It's great to just have an axe handy, especially when you're out in the woods. We built a forge and uh, once we got it up and running, we're like, we should turn this into a school and bring people in and kind of show them what we love to do. So um, now we're teaching them kind of what I started with when I first got into blacksmithing was making an ax. It's, uh, it's great for beginners. You don't need any background. Um, you can literally walk in saying, I've never swung a hammer before. And we're going to guide you through the whole process. And it's about six hours and you're going to walk out with an ax. There's a certain amount of confidence that students have at the end of the workshop. Um, there's a lot of pride in what they just made. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to another episode of the Sober Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Ballou, and I'm here with my usual cohort, co-host, and sidekick, Rob Arpa, and we have a very special guest here with us today. This man is the owner of a company called Academy, and his name is Rob Dent, and what they do at Academy is they teach you how to forge and make your own axe. And I just thought, you know, as men today, we're, we're, we're real champions for, for teaching men man skills. There haven't been men be good at doing stuff that men have been good at for centuries. So I thought it was appropriate to bring Rob Dent on the show. Welcome to the show, Dent. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Welcome. Yeah, glad to have you yeah. here. So, dude, being a blacksmith has got to be as masculine as it gets, eh? Working with <laughs> iron and fire, you know, smashing shit on an anvil. Yeah, working with my hands is uh, is really what I love about it. Um, there's something about making something with bare hands that just makes you feel good. And uh, once you come and experience it, you'll you kind of know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, smashing on some metal and uh, and making something with your bare hands is kind of where it's at. It really is, man. It really is. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we're, we're going to be doing this with you, and I think it's super exciting. So, Dent, why don't you tell us your backstory, man? How, how'd you, how'd you decide to like become an axe maker and to teach other men, and, 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 and frankly, I think some women too, but I think it's mostly men that come to you to become axe makers. Yeah, it's funny because my my day job, Monday to Friday, I'm actually in the computer industry, sitting on a desk. Um, been doing that for about 15 years now. And um, I grew up working with my hands, uh, building stuff like tree houses, go-karts, anything I could kind of tinker with in my dad's garage. And uh, yeah, I, I got away from that and kind of um, got stuck in the nine to five job just working and realized that I didn't do anything with my hands. So um, about seven or eight years ago, I actually took an axe making course out in St. Catharines and, uh, yeah, I had a chance to hammer on some metal and went home with my axe and I was like, this is amazing. And, uh, I kind of fell down the slippery slope of, uh, blacksmithing on YouTube and 
one, one day me and a buddy were like, let's build a forge. And we ended up going to Home Depot, getting some spare parts and kind of put a forge together, hooked up a propane tank in our backyard and, um, and played around with that for a little bit, realized we might either a blow ourselves up or one, <laughs> one of the neighbors are either going to assassinate us or, uh, or call the cops on us because we're making too much noise. So I looked around the city of Toronto for a better way to continue blacksmithing and we really couldn't find any space to do it. Um, so we ended up lucky out and we found this really great industrial space in Leslieville. It's a little neighborhood in Toronto. And um, yeah, I live in the decided... beach, man. So I, I know oh, the area. Really there well. you go. Yeah. You're right around the corner from us. So yeah, we, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in the burbs. <laughs> yeah. We built a forge and uh, once we got it up and running, we're like, we should turn this into a school and bring people in and kind of show them what we love to do. So um, now we're teaching them kind of, what I started with when I first got into blacksmithing was making an axe. It's uh, it's great for beginners. You don't need any background. Um, you can literally walk in saying, I've never swung a hammer before. And we're going to guide you through the whole process. And it's about six hours and you're going to walk out with an axe. So uh, I, I, in my profession, I have a term for, for men that uh, have never swung a hammer or handled a tool. I call them desk jockeys. Desk jockeys. Yeah, that, that, that could have been me 10 years ago. <laughs> All right, that, that was totally me uh, about 15 years ago. I was uh, the last job that I had before being self-employed was, was in IT. I worked for a company called Siemens and, and we did first level tech support for Coca-Cola. It was, it was, it was okay. You know, it was just like the, uh, the Molson Brewery commercial, you know, it was just rows of computers and look like, you know, monkeys on computers kind of thing. You know, and that, that's, that's kind of what it, it, it seemed like when I was there and, you know, it, it was, it was okay. And then, uh, you know, me, like, like you, like growing up, I always had my hands on something, something. So, you know, as a kid, I was mowing lawns. I was actually talking to my wife, believe it or not about this this morning. You know, someone asked, uh, was it my wife or my, my nanny asked, did you ever get a, uh, an allowance as a kid? I'm like, fuck no. My parents, my parents are hardcore, you know, hard, hardcore time. They don't keep it an allowance you it's like it's like cut the lawn or we're gonna catch a beating <laughs> that was that was my growing up you know and yeah the only way i could uh rent video games as a kid is that you know i had to work and i was cutting cutting neighbors lawns i was making you know, 30 bucks a week maybe so you know did, did okay did okay with that and then yeah now back back uh back at landscape uh 15 years ago 2007 back to mowing lawns and now expanding, you know, working with cements, bricks, blocks, stones. It's uh, hard work. But, I'm going to send my son uh, to work with you this summer, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have a summer job. <laughs> He's 16. He's yeah, old enough now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's, it's hard work, man. Definitely build some muscle. Um, but there's something else about, uh, you know, blacksmithing, though, you know, that, that like we don't get in landscape. Like we get a lot of tools, we get a lot of machines and machines are cool, especially on the construction side when we start handling excavators and stuff like that. But blacksmithing, you're, it's more hands-on and it, and it involves fire. You know, there's yeah. something, I don't know. It's, something uh, primal about fire, eh? Primal, yeah, but working with fire. Fire and even metal. Like um, my one of my favorite parts of the workshop is when the, the blades are almost done and we've got to put them through a heat treating process and we pull them out of the fire they look like axes and they're red hot. Um, just looking at red hot metal, there's something about it that kind of never grows old for me. And um, 
gives you an appreciation because the metal is super strong. Like you have it every day. Yeah. Buildings are built out of this stuff. And uh, to be able to manipulate it and get it to a, heat it up and, and hammer it and shape it by, by hand is kind of really kind of just a powerful moment where you're like, I did this and uh, and then you heat treat it this. and get it all ready to go on your handle and it's a great feeling. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. so you know that's that's how I came in, came across the you know Axe Academy and Rob is is uh, I have a I have a, one of my teams of men we're we're gonna we're gonna do the class and uh, you know we do this thing that uh, we call making an artifact and, and this is just it just I don't think it can get any better. Every man's gonna be able to smash a hammer and. And, and you know sweat you get all these de- <laughs> most of these men are, are desk jockeys so you know they'll, they'll be able to do something physically for once and, and but at the end of the day they'll get to go home with something and we're, we're constantly doing campfires in the park and stuff so it's the axe is not just you know a symbol of something they can do but it's going to be a usable tool you know and that's that's sure. the one thing about man skills it's like usable tools being able to make a usable tool yeah, I go camping a lot through Ontario, and uh, yeah, my axe is constantly on me. Um, even small hikes, take an axe with you. You need to get a hiking stick going, take off some limbs from the tree, um, break up your kindling. It's great to just have an axe handy, especially when you're out in the woods. Yeah, yeah, I love love the idea. I, I think um, I, I think an axe is a very useful tool. And I think as a man to, to learn how to make a tool and then be able to use it is a brilliant thing. So I think what you're doing is not only uh, a needed service, but it's actually helping infuse the soul of your fellow man with the fire of masculine rectitude, masculine power that every man needs. I think inside every man is a badass and a warrior that's dying to come out but society today is kind of putting a lot of pressure on man oh don't be bad don't be toxic don't be this patriarchy and all that jazz and a lot of guys don't even know how to act today they don't even know how to be they don't want to say the wrong thing they don't want to do the wrong thing and we do this show because we want to say hey look being a man's an awesome thing it's an incredible thing uh we want to have every man be proud of being a man and not in, you know, a macho or an arrogant way to beat, beat your chest like I was doing before, like that, nothing like that. But in a way where that man is a better man, that man has got better health as a result of understanding what masculinity is, positive masculinity is, that man's doing better in his work, he's a better provider, he's a better father, he's a better husband. All those things, I think, are missing and very needed in the society. And what you do, I believe, is a very necessary part of helping every man get back inside himself to that masculine essence. Because when men do shit, that's when they feel satisfied, fulfilled, when they accomplish things. Isn't that how you feel when you work with metal and you do the the work that you do? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's kind of a, a, a byproduct of kind of what we're going after. We just, we just love doing making the axes, but um, we do see it every day. Like when we run a workshop, there's a certain amount of confidence that students have at the end of the workshop. Um, there's a lot of pride in what they just made. Um, so yeah, I, for me, seeing students and, and just seeing their confidence build throughout, um, like if it is their first time swinging a hammer by the end of it, they're swinging it like they've been doing it for years. Like um, it definitely builds up that confidence, gives you that kind of proud moment and I'm sure they go home and 
take this axe home and look at it. And every time they see it, they kind of get that memory of what they did and what they accomplished. So uh, it's, a, it's a great byproduct. And um, yeah, we get, uh, we do get uh, a mix of guys and girls coming in for the workshop. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun just seeing that reaction of people coming in and saying like, I didn't think I could do this. And by the end of the day, they're like, oh my God, I, I did this. And did it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great feeling. Yeah, you know, I know you call it a byproduct, and in your case, that probably is the byproduct because you want people to make an axe. But mm. for me, the reason this appeals to me is because it's a chance for me to test myself as a man. Will I measure up? Will I be good enough to do this? Will I? Will it call for all of me? And I think the answer to that is yes. And I'm looking for things and situations that call for me to be my best, to give my best, to, to be able to to give everything I got to be completely used up by the process and say, yeah, I did this. I made it happen. And it was, it was something that called for me to challenge myself and bring forth the best within me. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. It definitely will challenge you. Um, it's a lot of hammering to go. Um, you're swinging hammers for a good three hours straight. And, um, yeah, but by the end of it, people are kind of beat, but they're, uh, yeah, they had a great time doing it and they look back and uh, really appreciate all the hard work that goes into moving yeah. the metal. I think some people see metal on like YouTube and when it's red hot and they watch like a sped up video of how fast the metal moves. It takes a lot, even when metal is red hot to, to make that metal move. It's a very extremely hard material um, and it takes a lot of beats to, to make the metal move. So um, yeah, they really get an appreciation of how much effort and what they had to dig down and kind of bring up out of themselves to get that metal to move and do what it, they wanted it to do. Um, so yeah, ton of work, but yeah, that, great payoff. That's a, that's a, that's an amazing point, right? Because in our, in our, in our world of ordering shit off Amazon and having it show up on our doorstep 24 hours later, uh, there's like, I find in my industry, there's a massive disconnect of what, what, uh, what people want and, and, not knowing the process of getting getting to that and then they're like you know why do things cost as much as they do right and, and you know when you start doing things like like building a, a, an, a, an axe or, or something else you start to understand you know how much energy goes into it you know how much care how much skill you know and you know i think programs like this will have you know build an appreciation for people to go out in the world and say you know I understand now why things cost this much, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, that's great. Cause we're, you know, you and I were, we're both in, uh, in small businesses here that are local and, and sometimes it's, uh, it's tough to compete cause you know, we're, I don't know about you, but I know we're constantly challenged, you know, by people to do things for, for less money. And it's like, it's, it's, it's hard. It's impossible. You know, sometimes it's just not, not possible. It's not feasible. And it's not like, you know, uh, I, I, my brother's usually challenged with this because he does most of our sales and he's like, he, he gets frustrated. I'm like, dude, I'm like, these people just have no idea of how much work goes into doing what they want to do, you know, and, and you got to educate them that, and, you know, you, your, your programs and an awesome way to do that. Educate people, you know, what goes into an ax, you know, it's a lot of work. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. We think there's a lot of value in the workshop. Um, like 
a lot of people they're they're kind of tired of getting stuff as gifts for like holidays and uh when people come across our site and see what we're offering it's kind of like a perfect combination they get to give them an experience that they go out and do something and at the end of the day they are taking something home but it's it's like yeah a lot of people are like how many xboxes or playstations can you buy for somebody like at the end of the day people have just got too much stuff and an experience like this is just a great way to be like here's something there's a lot of value in it come have a great day learn a new skill and you walk home with something so yeah uh, you don't have to tell me about stuff, bro. I got, I got my, my older daughter's six. My younger one is one and a half and the amount of stuff like people, like I, I, I've got employees now that are having kids and I'm like, whatever you do, I'm like, don't go crazy on buying them toys. Cause like this shit's just going to come in, in by the truckload. My, truckload. My, and yeah. And now it's like this whole, unget, it's like the, the unboxing thing is like this is, is the new craze. They don't like, like my daughter's got these toys. I think they're called LOL dolls and they come in these, these spheres and it's like you pull the string that goes around and it's like this constantly unboxing. So it takes, it takes probably a good half hour for her to get all the little trinkets out of it. And then after that, it's all discarded. She never plays with this shit. And she's got a room full of, of toys that she doesn't use. And it's like, it sits there, you know, and, and, and what does she end up using to play around with pillows and boxes, empty boxes. That's what my daughter plays with. My three-year-olds are like that. I've got uh, three-year-old twins and yeah, you give right them a on. toy, they're going to take it out of the box and then they're going to play with the box for half an hour. That's it, bro. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So like this program, how, how young, how young, like what's the youngest kid that you or kid or person that, uh, that you've ever had a program for? That's a great question. We get it a lot. Um, right now we're 18 plus. Um, it's an insurance thing. We're trying hey, to work with insurance. Uh, insurance companies are really kind of uh, hesitant to get kids around hot metal. And um, <laughs> even a lot of adults, after they do the workshop, they kind of realize, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is necessarily appropriate for younger kids. Um, but we do, we are working to try to find ways of um, even setting up like demonstration days where maybe parents can bring their kids in and kind of maybe stand behind a, a glass barrier and watch a blacksmith kind of do what a blacksmith does. Um, just to kind of spark their interest and they, they might see it on TV, like watching fortune fire or something like that. Yeah. So this gives them a chance to come in and just see it in real life. And um, yeah, we're excited to expand that and get younger folks in because um, it's the younger generation that we have to kind of really inspire to get into metalworking. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're working on it, but right now it's uh, 18 plus. 18 right plus. So. 18 cool. plus That's is so good, bad. man. Cause yeah. Yeah. In our in our world, we still considered uh, we still consider them somewhat children until they reach the age of about twenty three, when their brains actually start to get to their full maturity, right? <laughs> like, just think of all the stupid things you've done when you were eighteen. I, I know I've done tons. I've done stupid things in, in my thirties, for God's sake. So you know, to get an eighteen year old adult, you know, new adult into a class where they can build that appreciation for you know, what goes into the stuff they consume. And I think that's, that's a valuable lesson, even at the age of 18. So, so let's see. Uh, yeah. You're going to say blue. What I was going to say is uh, pretty simple. Let's, let's walk through what the process of making an ax is, is all about. Just walk us through a little bit, step-by-step step, Tim. For sure. Yeah. So there's, there's eight steps specifically that we walk you through. Um, so first step is to drift your ax. So you've got to get a drift through so that you can fix 
an, an axe handle into the, into the eye of the axe. Um, so step one is drifting. Step two so, is so drawing late, out the blade. For, for, for the, the lay person, what's a drift? What's oh, a, there you go. Yeah. So drifting <laughs> is essentially a tool that will open up um, a hole in the billet that will basically fit your handle. So um, imagine a solid block of steel. Um, we, we actually use a punch to put a hole in it. And when we give it to students, you've just got a basically a rectangle block with a hole in it. And you have to use a drift tool to open that up to the shape of a, the handle of an axe. So step one is punching that drift all the way through and opening that eye up. Once you've got the eye open, then you're going to flip the billet on the side and you spend a couple hours drawing out the blade of the axe. Um, that's really the bulk of the workshop. It's, it's about two hours of hammering and it draws out and creates the shape of the axe. Uh, step three, the, stu the students take a bit of a break and the instructors do a rough grind. So the rough grind just cleans up all the edges. Um, hopefully if you've, uh, if you've done a lot of the work by hand, by forging, then there's very limited grinding you have to do. So that's kind of a goal we, we try and get students to focus on is making sure that their work is kind of clean enough that the grinder doesn't have to do too much work. After that, we bring it over to um, the heat treating cycle. So step one of heat treating, we have to normalize the metal. Uh, we go into real detail in this in the workshop, but essentially normalizing the metal resets the structure of it after it's been banged around with a hammer for a couple hours. Yep. So it just kind of resets the metal to more natural state. Um, then we harden it. So that's kind of like what you see on Fortune Fire where they dunk fireballs. it into a bucket of, bucket of oil. There could be a fireball if you take it out too soon. Um, and then we temper it. Tempering is a process of reducing the hardness that you just put into it. Um, hardness is uh, there's a balance between hardness and toughness with the metal. So a metal that's extremely hard isn't necessarily tough. It might not stand up to smacking on a tree. Um, so yeah, you want to temper it and reduce some of that hardness you just put it into the blade. And after that, you're going to hang it. And Sweet. hanging it just involves uh, fitting your eye, putting a wedge in. And uh, we finish up the workshop with some axe care recommendations. So how to treat your axe, how to take care of it, keep it nice and sharp. And then the last step is putting on an axe wrap. And uh, there's a bit of a surprise for the axe wrap. Um, so I, I think I'll bring it up now, but um, essentially we use a special paracord, not your regular paracord to do our wrap. And what makes the paracord special is that it's got, uh, instead of the seven strands you normally get in paracord, there's actually 10 strands. So those three extra strands are survival strands. So one of them's a fire starter. The other one's a fishing line. You can use that for going fishing or setting traps. And the third one is a cotton string. If you're out in the middle of nowhere and you had to do stitches or something like that, you don't want to use your paracord. It's the synthetic material. You want a natural to do those stitches. So um, oh, cool. that's kind of a finish up. You just wrap up your axe and, uh, and you're good to go. That's really cool. So you wrap up the axe blade, you wrap up the axe handle. What do you wrap up? So the uh, the specific use of the wrap on the on the handle is to protect the handle. When you go through a piece of wood, you might hit wood on wood. So the paracord is wrapped around your handle to protect your handle. Um, and if you do go through and hit on wood, you're going to damage the, the paracord, not your handle. Um, so it's a protective barrier. And yeah, we we found the survival paracord and thought that was a great way to kind of make this a universal single single use tool that also has some survival gear built into it.
darn cool, man. That's pretty yeah, darn cool. I like it. I like it. I like it. So, explain um, what hardness is when it comes to metal, rockwell hardness, and why you want your rockwell hardness to be within a certain range, not too soft and not too hard. Sure, yeah, that's a that's a scale that they use to to measure hardness. Um, it's predominantly used mostly in a in the knife industry. Um, so I was talking earlier about kind of the toughness of the blade. So let's say, for example, you've got a, a sushi knife. You want your sushi knife to be as, as hard as possible because you want it to stay sharp. The more you use it, um, the more you have to sharpen it. So a harder blade just requires less sharpening less often and will just stay nice and sharp longer. Um, but that sushi blade isn't necessarily going to be extremely tough. I, if you took that sushi blade and started whacking a tree with it, you'd probably damage it. Um, luckily, sushi knives are usually used on soft things like fish and cut through nicely. So um, a sushi knife you want really, really high up on that scale, probably up uh, above 60 for sure. Um, an axe you can get in a lower range. We typically get a, somewhere around 55 on the rock um, on the Rockwell scale. Um, but yeah, I think an axe can be anywhere from as low as 40 to... I, I wouldn't go above 60. Um, then it might just be a little too brittle to to stand up to some of the abuse you put it through. Right on. So the hardness is good for keeping the tool sharp. The hardness yeah. isn't good if it's a tool that's going to be used against um, things that are kind of hard and tough themselves, like wood, because you know if it's too brittle, it could break. So you don't want it to be too brittle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. Man, I'm excited to come do this, man. This is like going to be super fun. I can't wait to make my own accent, to go out there and use it and to just chop some wood with it, man. Build a fire with that darn thing, man. This is exciting. Yeah, we're excited to have you guys. Um, yeah, we do groups of up to about 10 to 11 people. So, um, yeah, we'll get you guys in there and uh, yeah, it'll be a good day of crushing out some axes for sure. Yeah, Let's roll, I told you, I'm actually working on a on a second group to come out. Um, so for for Sovereign Circle, we have uh, a theme of the month in August is man skills. Now I know you and I spoke, and we're like August might be too hot, but we're gonna either work through it or figure out a way to to get this done. But uh, that's that's to be to be still determined. So I, I've got yeah, I a think second it's gonna be group great, coming. Man. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, I think it's yeah. We still run in August, so if you guys want to do it in August, we're totally down for that. Um, yeah. No problem at all. Yeah, I, I have no problem. I that's sweat every fun, day. So, so, I'm not a desk jockey, so I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be awesome to see when a man's like a you know like a psychiatrist is swinging a hammer for three hours. Oh yeah, like Munchie. <laughs> That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, <laughs> love to see how he handles that. Yeah. Plus, uh, you know, these real estate salespeople types, it'd be fun to see what they're like swinging a hammer. Yeah. We've had all types of people and all ages. I think the oldest person was maybe just in their early seventies. Um, we've had them all the way down to 18. So, um, yeah, well, uh, no power hammers, right? No. Um, one of our instructors, his name is Toby, and uh, he's my power hammer. Um, <laughs> but um, no, we like to do everything by hand. And um, right on. Yeah. Right on. 
that'd be fun to be able to also go do a, a knife making course, you know, learn how to put a knife together. Cause that's something I'd like to do before I die <laughs> is learn how to. Yeah. We're working on that. Uh, we'll have that really closer to the end of this year. Hopefully we'll have programming for that. So um, yeah, keep an Definitely. eye out. Stay tuned. So it's a popular soon. request for sure. Yeah, we've got a newsletter. You can subscribe on our website. Um, we also post everything on our social media. So we're on Instagram and TikTok. Um, yeah, bro, the I'm, handle I'm too, Academy. I'm too old for that stuff, man. I don't do TikTok. <laughs> Instagram do on TikTok. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, brother, that's the way of the world, man. These days, that's where everybody the is. The newsletter so I'll sign up for, for sure. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't have the time for social media. I, I understand. I understand that. Well, I'm looking forward to coming. I'm looking forward to learning how to make my first axe. I'm looking forward to making my first axe. Um, we're definitely going to have uh, the second group for you in August. Uh, I believe that there's going to be a whole bunch of men that are going to be interested. In fact, we're going to, we're going to bring it up uh, to the men inside our, our world very, very soon. And we're going to let them know that they're going to have an opportunity to learn some man skills to be able to yeah. make an axe. I think that's going to be super cool. And then I want to learn how to make a knife and maybe bring them in, uh, in to make a knife. I think that'd be absolutely super califragilistic. Fantastic. For sure. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Make a knife. Yeah. Big chopper or something. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Maybe, maybe I can take that samurai sword I got and we can fix that. <laughs> Yeah, man, learning, learning how to forge one of those things would be pretty darn cool. Yeah, man, <laughs> show you my blade, Mr. Dent. Oh, this very nice. It's made by Zombie Tools. They are forge out in Montana. Beautiful, beautiful blade. Gorgeous, yeah, very nice. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. We will book a time with you to come in with the Sovereign Circle group. I know Arpa here is bringing in his Spartan uh, group to come and see you as well. Yep. You're going to have a whole bunch of business coming your way from us. We're excited to do it, brother. Thank you so much for sharing some of your wisdom and helping us see the importance of learning these man skills for men. Because I believe we live in a time where a lot of men have lost touch with the part of them that wants them to have those skills. So they don't have those skills. There's a lot of men who can't, you know, change a tire. There's a lot of men who can't uh, do handiwork around the house. You know what I mean? And that's horrible. That's terrible. So yeah. if you come and you do something as challenging as building an ax, it'll give you the confidence as a man to go learn some of these other man skills. So that's what it allows me to say to you with a lot of confidence, I'm very excited about us doing this work with you. And I'm excited that you do this work because you get to teach people how to do this. And I want to encourage every man listening to our podcast to go to Axe Academy and take advantage of their Axe making program. Yeah. So what's the website? Spell it out for us. It's uh, www.axcademy.com. Love it. Right We're going to make sure that's in the show notes and amazing. Come on back anytime. And when you've got your knife making program uh, going, then come on back and let's definitely talk about that. And what I'd like yeah. to do is once we go through this program, 
Arpa, we should have Dent back on the show. You know what I'm saying? Because at that point, we can talk a little bit about our experiences going through the process of learning how to make an axe. For sure. Yeah, so, that'd be great. Yeah, I think that's going to be great. Oh, yeah. Like chopper. That's nice. Gosh, put this in the, into the weeds and stuff still, too. Yeah, yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a fighting blade. It's made by a guy named um, uh, Two Lamb. Two is... Um, who is the man that uh, the character Ronin in Call of Duty is based on? And he was on he was on my my podcast, another one of my podcasts actually. Because I had a business podcast as well. And this this knife, I'll tell you something is is, is just a thing of beauty. And I'm 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 a, I'm a huge fan of it. I'd love to be able to learn how to make a knife like this. That would be super super cool. So Rob, did you get invited for uh, Forge and Fire yet? Uh, no not yet um <laughs> yeah i think you have to apply for that so um we've had our hands full with getting this place up and running and we had a big down for 18 months we just kind of had to bear down and grunt and um yeah yeah i'm glad i'm but, glad uh, we'll you see. survived because i've contacted quite a few different uh schools in and around the the gta and they're disappearing and, and, and quickly it's, it's sad you know pandemic sucks but like it's it's like the toll it's taken is incredible yeah but, yeah no know, we held on and we survived we had a bunch of customers holding on with us i think some people waited almost full two years to come in and do it so uh, we're grateful that everybody kind of stuck in there with us and now we've got them all through and they're all happy axe makers now so happy axe makers the happy axe maker i love it that's a good note on which to end this particular episode. Mr. Dent, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and expertise. Looking forward to doing your program. God bless you, brother. All right, see you soon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. Catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.